Welcome back to Light It Red. Um, today, I think we're in pretty good shape today because uh, Patrick is not sick uh, and Stone has a quality mic. So, uh, better shape Yay. than last week. My Jordan flu game's over. We're, <laughs> we're back. Yeah, he powered through it. So, shout out to Patrick. because He also didn't tell us, which is kind of messed up. But... Aside, that's besides the point. It uh, wasn't. It wasn't the whole episode. So I tried my best. Yeah, it was, right. about, it was about halfway through. I was really um, <laughs> so, uh, today we are doing a little bit of the same. Um, we have our weekly notes on all things NC State sports. Um, we have some some juicy content for football. If you watch football, but before we get into any of that, we have a guest for the third week in a row. We are blowing up at WKNC. Uh, Isaac, go ahead and tell the people who you are. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Isaac. Um, I am the editor for Technician's video section. Um, I'm excited to be here. I've done a lot of sports, um, even though video covers mainly, mostly everything on campus. Um, I'm just very passionate about sports. I've gone to almost every NC State basketball game. Um, I cover a lot of football. Sadly enough, I watch the football game, so... That's one of the reasons why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Isaac's the guy. A lot of technician reps coming in. They're two in a row. Back. Two yeah. in a row. Shameless promo. <laughs> yeah, there might be a strategy there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll go ahead and we'll start with men's soccer. Um, I'll just. I was at the the game versus American American University. They lost one to two on October tenth. Um, I was there taking, I was on my first photo assignment for sports that day. Yeah. Um, it was okay. I feel like my photos could have been better, but, um, the game itself was kind of trash. Like Kendall Edwards scored a goal on a corner kick, but that was it. And he didn't even celebrate either. So I didn't get like a good shot and, um, they got scored on twice by like a mid school yeah, so I was gonna say the one thing I would say that's pretty that's a super disappointing loss like at home to lose to like, they're not they're not insane like they're not good so yeah it's a good streak too like, very to bad American. yeah very, well, very bad yeah they followed that one up with another loss at Duke um this was our Duke weekend we had them in football baseball and soccer and uh you know Duke's Duke's number 15 in the country in men's soccer so did not have high expectations, but what's weird is they lost the same score to Duke as they did to American. So uh, I don't really, I mean, I'm I'm kind of over men's soccer at this point. I think, I mean, the season's wrapping up. So damn. <laughs> I mean, it's just time to kind of right. we. It's time to scrap it and start over. You are not incorrect though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's time. It's time for a rebuild. Um, and you know, like I said, their season's wrapping up. Here, are their two, their next two games are. Versus High Point University, uh, North Carolina school, also um, not the best on the seventeenth. But you know, you know, well, that's actually today, seventeenth. That's tonight at seven p.m. So you never know what's going to happen with the men's soccer team. High Point could come in here and and get a big victory, or we could crush them. Um, and then they're going to play Syracuse on the twenty-second. Syracuse is the number ten team in the country. So on the road, number ten team. You know, I'm not not thinking anything super big is going to happen there. All right, so moving on from men's soccer to women's soccer, um, they played Miami. We talked about this on the last episode. Um, thought maybe they would do something special and and beat it, beat an opponent who's having a down year, who st- who have historically dominated us, um, 
and they tied zero to zero. So I guess take the tie. But um, my note for that one was was hoping for a win against a historically difficult opponent, but nah. And that's just what it is. <laughs> mild amounts of disappointment. Yeah, so they have Syracuse on the 19th and Notre Dame on the 22nd, both at home. Notre Dame is the uh, the final home game of the season. So if you are a women's soccer fan, show them some love. Show up to the last home game, at least. They Go need support. it. They need the support this year. It's been a tough year. Um, neither of those teams are ranked, so they definitely have a chance against two ACC schools. Let's finish the season strong. Make a postseason push, maybe. We'll see what happens with that. We'll have more on that next next episode with the postseason. Um, and then really quickly, I'm just going to talk about golf. Um, golf is on its on its way out for the for the year. We're going to restart in February, but um, neither team did super great in the most recent Invitationals. The Williams Cup for men, they did not place in the top five or anything like that. And then the women at the Tar Heel Invitational, that was going on while we were recording last week. Um, they finished 10th. And then they have the Mercedes-Benz Championship that is wrapping as we speak. Um, really nothing special going on right now. Our best golfer is tied for 15th. So um, nothing to ride home about right now, but we'll see what happens in 2024. Um, the women also have the landfall tradition. It's uh, on the 27th through the 29th in Wilmington. UNC Wilmington is the host school. So um, they will do that and then they'll break. Um, I will also talk about cross country. Usually I don't talk this much in the beginning, but um, I was at the cross country meet, the Pirate Invitational. So I have a couple things I want to say about that. Um, they had back to back meets. So they had, I think it's Nutty Comb. Is that how you pronounce that? I'm not sure. Whoa, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, that's a lot. Um, water, but sure, we'll go with that. Well, uh, Wisconsin was the host school for that. It was the first Caitlin Tui appearance of the season. <clears throat> Speaking of nutty, she's pretty nutty, right? What? What do you mean, what do you mean by <laughs> like that? Like, she, she's really what? good. Yeah. Elaborate. No, elaborate. Like, she's really good. She's out of this. She is. She's, she's like the one of the greatest. If not one of, like the greatest cross country yeah. runner for women, Nutty is crazy. Nutty is crazy. I would I would love to see one of the technician like that's articles like, just like oh dude what a Nutty performance. <laughs> that's yeah. like a synonym. Nutty yeah, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I'm I'm giving you a I'm I'm with it. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're a Chicago boy. Like what a Nutty performance by Derrick Rose. Chicago boy. This is, um, getting out of whoa, Buster. <laughs> All right, sport, listen here. So <laughs> back on track with cross country. Um, so for that invitational, the men did not perform as well. Um, they kind of split the team into like an A team and a B team. So like the best runners were in Wisconsin and then kind of the younger runners were in Greenville, North Carolina. So um, the women, they finished second place in in that meet. It was... um. Let's see here. The men placed 31 of 36 in their 8K. So that is not super great. Um, we had like two guys finish in the top 100. Kind of a a far cry from how they did in Raleigh a couple weeks ago. Um, and then the women. The women uh, did finish second, as I mentioned. Tui ran her 6K in 19 and a half minutes. 
second place as an individual as well as a team. And then they had Kelsey Chimmel in third, Leia Stevens in 14th, Race Hartman in 26th. So a couple of top 30 finishes there. And I was looking at the power rankings too. Um, the women are still number one. They've been number one all season. So nothing's changed, even though some of the better runners haven't started running until recently. Um, the men are, I think, in our like district or conference or whatever, like they're sixth. So they're not as good, but that's not, you know, nothing was really expected from them. They're doing okay. And um, yeah. Uh, as far as the Pirate Invitational, the one I was actually at, um, that was a really cool thing. I took photos of that, too. Um, hopefully they get posted somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, that was a good time for me. It was a nice like morning for a run. And they had three unattached runners that were freshmen. And I'm learning more about cross-country as like I go along here. But basically, most freshmen don't run with the team they just run unattached and i'm really hopeful for like the future of the of the team because these freshman runners are placing like top five and they're not even counting towards the team so we have jelana quarzo in second place kate putman in fourth and angeline uh, napoleon angelina napoleon in seventh so um those are top 10 finishes from unattached runners and the only attached runner the only one wearing an nc state uh, bib was Caroline Mural, and she finished eighth. So, another top ten performance. Um, the men did all right too. We had a guy uh, Ryan Matondo finish in fifth, and then Miles Alley finished in ninth. So, um, it was pretty impressive to me. So they just call them bibs. The the numbers the NC it says NC State They're on called bibs. They might be bibs, like with the numbers. Yeah, the jerseys. I mean, maybe. I think you mean pennies. They weren't pennies. So are they called bibs or are you calling them bibs? Yeah, because I, I no, yeah, because maybe I'm dumb, but this is a Griffin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't put any stock in what he's saying. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm incorrect. I, just, I, 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 just, I don't see like before like a cross country meet. They're like, all right, we'll go out there, put on, on your my bib. bib. Well, I don't know. Not, I'm go not put just on that. A kill, like, <laughs> well, maybe I should have fact checked that, but um, no, we're getting they're all, bibs all, now. The bibs. It sounds like the women's. Cross country team, we have a dynasty building, and that's all that matters. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, the, the key big point. takeaway. The, the bibs, the bibs <laughs> is the up in the air. I yeah, just can't I'm, imagine. I'm like mildly confident in the bibs thing. I feel like Mild. I'm not gonna we'll, back we'll down. Sport. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to see where that goes. They're gonna start the ACC championship on October 27th in Tallahassee. That'll transition into the Southeast Regional. We're in the Southeast Conference, and then NCAA championship. See if we can take home a three peat. For the women's cross country team, um, so I'm I'm done talking for a minute. <laughs> we'll start talking about volleyball. Um, I know Stone and no, Isaac. Griffin, both we of love you. you, Griffin. You can talk Please, no. for a while. I could talk about volleyball and cross country all day, but you're not um, going to though. I'm not going. Yeah, to. We're gonna, for the sake of the audience, we're going to cut you short. But, <laughs> um, just quick off, just to end this uh, news segment, volleyball again, one of our current fall sports that's really doing good right now. Where we kind of left off, they went on a road stretch, played some ACC teams, couldn't kind of come away with Ws. They lost very closely, but just this past week, we went back home and got back to our old ways, won back-to-back games versus ACC opponents, first versus Wake Forest, winning three sets to one, and then sweeping Virginia Tech three to nothing. 
none of them were extremely, you know, scary opponents, but you did what you're supposed to do versus these teams. You destroyed them, so that's good. Our next games, the biggest, probably the second biggest game this season so far. Obviously, we had our huge win against Louisville, which was definitely the biggest win in program history, mean, or at least for a while. Louisville? What? Louisville. Oh, Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. Or Louisville. But now we play Pitt, and Pitt is ranked seven. Yes. Um, we are 2-11 and 11 all-time versus Pitt, and we've lost our last seven games. Uh, but, again, we're obviously playing our best right now. And then next we play Virginia, and we have won our last 10 matchups versus Virginia. So pretty <laughs> – couldn't get much different with the two opponents we play. Obviously, we'll probably beat Virginia. Pitt is the only scary one, but even with the poor history, we're still 9-0 and at home this year, and we're currently ranked 29th. So – I have some confidence that we could potentially win that matchup as well. So that would be a good game to go out to. It is on the 20th of October, and then against Virginia is the 22nd, both at home. And we'll be there. Yes. Stone and I will be there working the game volleyball. And if you, you said wanna, you could... If you want to see what we look like in person, <laughs> then you can go. Yeah, Isaac, you had something you wanted to say about volleyball, right? Um, just some quick stats for um, volleyball against Wake Forest. First of all, the Raleigh reverse sweep was something that was so impressive to watch, um, especially with like Avery Bazard, Courtney Bryan, um, just combining for a total of like twenty-five kills, um, and you know with some help from like from uh, Christian McDaniel and uh, and Naomi Cab- uh, Cabello, I'm sorry, um, combining for thirty-nine assists, much-needed win, you know, after that away stretch. Um, you know, I guess me personally, I expected um, volleyball to be kind of like on that high after beating Louisville or Louisville. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. But at the same time, I mean, not at the same time, but like after that, Virginia Tech, 13 kills for Ava Bizarre, um, Jada, uh, Jada Allen, and I think it's uh, Martina. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Martina. Mart. Yeah. I don't know. Her. <laughs> You correct him, and then you say, I don't know, after. Oh, dude, no, it's... it's Pull the Patrick right there. What what is that referring to? (laughs) All right, you know what? Ten blocks, and Christian McDaniel leading with uh, 21 assists again. Um, I don't know. Like I said, like still mentioned... What do you mean you don't know? No, no. You did up it. Fine. You You know know what you're talking about. Fine. All I'm going to say, I love the chemistry that uh, volleyball has had, especially this semester. Last year, I mean, not even this message, like, yeah, this year, because, like, last year, it was things were looking great, but I do feel like this uh, like this team is a lot more, like, well put together. Um, chemistry is booming. Um, Avery Bizarre showing that um, that leadership. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? This happens laughing. every single time. I was <laughs> listening. It is, a, it is a struggle every time we record, because you'll be in the middle of speaking, and you're, like, looking at your computer, reading some off, or just, like, talking, and you'll look up, and Griffith is just... Giggling for no reason. I'm at sorry. All. I'm sorry. <laughs> my giggling interrupted you. I'm sorry. Keep I going. mean, like, if it's like my Riz, then I'm sorry. It's, like, I know we're like making eye is. contact right now. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you had for volleyball? I mean, that, yeah, that's about it for now. Just like okay. some quick stats before um, we get into. Uh, yeah, you yeah. mentioned um, Mart- Martinia, Martinia, Leoniak. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So I just said her first name, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also took note of her when I was looking at. I was. N- fortunate enough to go to a game like Stone was. Um, but, yeah, her kill numbers are going up. She is a 6'4 junior from Warsaw, Poland. Um, 
She had 201 kills last year and 189 digs in 25 matches. So that's like the bulk of the season. Um, and so she got injured at some point. So she was a, a big part of the team last year and is now getting to a point, I think, where she's like almost 100% healthy and a key contributor to the front line of the team. Um, I also noticed that Amanda Rice was not in the box score for these past two home games. So that's, uh, I don't know what happened, but that's a big loss because she's um, one of the most important pieces, if not the most important piece on this team. So with Leoniak, Brizard, and Rice, um, they are going to be a top 25 team. And it's only a matter of time before they're all healthy. I, I don't want I don't know what happened with Rice, but I'm just hoping that she gets back in the lineup very soon. All right, and we also have um, some baseball preseason action going on. Patrick, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I felt like it was definitely a good thing to bring up considering we need to get at least one win over Duke this weekend. Um, we played uh, two expedition games. Um, the first one was a 10-3 win. Um, that was a full nine-inning game. Then we played a second seven-inning seven game and in a 5-1 win. Um, definitely exciting. I know we've had good teams in the past for pack uh, baseball, but... Hopefully to continue that this year. Um, and then now we're going to kick that back over to Griffin for football. Yeah, football. Let's talk about it. Um, I actually, so this is what happened to me on game day. It was my sister's birthday, and we were out to eat at a, at a restaurant, and the game was actually on. Um, so I was really excited. I was like, I go to school there. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um, they scored three points. I was like, <laughs> Damn, that's a long field goal, <laughs> Narvison. And then we left to go see the Eras Tour movie. Um, was it good? You too. What do you mean you too? I saw that as well. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's not a movie. It's it's, it's a, it's it's a girlfriend deceived me. Just real quick, <laughs> this is, I need to go on a one minute rant. She told me, "Hey, my friends aren't going. I can't. They can't go to this movie anymore. Do you want to go with me?" I didn't look up anything before. I was like, "Okay, I guess it's a behind the scenes of Taylor Swift, like." How so she did sorry. her tour and how it was so difficult or all the stuff she mm -hmm. went through. No. And then I walk in and I'm like, wait, is it just like her just singing songs <laughs> the whole time? It's like, yeah, and it's like almost three hours. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? What is this? I, this is not a movie. Are you okay? People don't just get up and dance in the middle of a theater and wave their arms <laughs> yeah. around and scream and clap after every single song in a movie theater. Now, so wait you had find dancers? out what Griffin did. It's, not a, it's <laughs> not a movie. Just so people know, it's not a movie, okay? So if your girlfriend asks you, I saw like five boyfriends in there that were clearly deceived and tricked and they had to stay there the whole time and Maybe not go on their phone. Yeah. Is there anything it, else you have to get off your chest? No, that was it. I just need people to know it's not a movie. Dude, um, I'm so sorry. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have she has good songs, but like, if I don't know them, it's he, terrible. Here's the thing. She has great songs. Am I going to sit three hours? No. <laughs> like, no. You're not a, You're not built like that. I'm not built like that, you know? But you know what? I don't think being built for this and sitting through a Taylor <laughs> Swift movie have ever been like put in the same... <laughs> Like sentence, and I okay, Griffin. I want you to, I want you to like, I want you to look into the camera, and I want you to say, "I am a Swifty." I, I need you to do that, please. I am a Swifty. Yeah, no, okay. yeah. And it was. Oh my God. I enjoyed it, and I, you know, it was it was a good bonding experience for me and my family. But um, when I walked out and I saw the score of the football game, the football game that we're talking about, guys, the football game. Oh yeah, football. Um, I forgot this is, against yeah. Duke. I was like, "What the heck?" Because yeah, um... three points. I was like, "I saw those three. What happened at the end of that? Like, and I was like, I'm looking through the box score. I'm like, okay, 
Okay, so we lost another top 25 team, sure. Um, NC State had 18 first downs. Duke had 12. So I'm like, okay, so we had more first downs yeah. than them. We uh we got out rushed 194 to 112. That's not like, I mean, we broke 100 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, they only had one rushing TD. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had more passing yards? yards. We had more passing yards than them. 193. They had 107. Both QBs had one interception. Um, we had more total yards of offense. We ran 70 plays. They had 42 plays. Mm-hmm. And then we lost 24 to three to a bag of quarterback. So enlighten me, Isaac. What happened? Not just what happened, man. It's like what didn't happen. First of all, I just want to sit down with Mr. Robert Anai, Anai the offensive coordinator, because my gosh. So first of all, let me, let me just paint a picture real quick. All right. I'm going to use my podcasting voice. So it's Saturday night. This isn't ASMR. eight o'clock. <laughs> no, so it's sat. No, but it's Saturday night. It's eight o'clock. You know, my girlfriend's in my in my apartment, and I was like, "Hey, like, you know, this is like the first time we're both gonna sit down and watch a football game because I'm either working or you know she's doing homework. So like, schedule's cleared. I'm getting ready to watch the game. Like, I got blankets out. I'm in my. I'm already in my pajamas. You know, like I'm comfortable. There is like so much beer in my fridge that are almost like all my roommates. Guess what I grab? I grab the chocolate milk. It was a chocolate milk type type of night. That's when you know it's getting serious. Dude, that's when it was like I grab the chocolate milk and I I have a gallon of chocolate milk. I felt comfortable. I'm in my apartment, the living room, like I'm having a blast. I turn on the TV just in time to witness that 57 yard field goal, which and I'm like, dude, today's gonna be a great night. 57 yards, it like that was wasn't that his personal best and like maybe it's the longest field goal in school history yeah and here's the thing like i've never felt prouder more proud whatever like i've never felt like ah wolfpack nation more in my life when i saw that kick go through because i was like oh my gosh like this is amazing and then uh, everything else happens first of all i want to talk about the offensive line jiggling that occurred. <laughs> the offensive line jiggling. Are you, are you Everyone really wants to blame the refs. That is so offensive. <laughs> oh my god. Everyone wants to blame the refs for throwing like what? 83 flags? Which, fine. You know, like I'll, I'm mad at the refs too. Like I hope that every referee's son or daughter has a great time at Duke. I really do. <laughs> but you gotta admit, there was some jiggling on the offensive line, man. I'm like, I'd see a flag. I'm like, what now? And then, like, I literally just like see one of the offensive linemen like stretching right before a snap. Um, that's one thing. How many yards did we give up? Like, does anyone have the number? Like, how many yards did we give up in penalties alone? It was. Um, we had 11 for 87. Duke had six for 33. You so, see- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the 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 problem was the holding. I mean, it was just so yeah. many holdings. And but the thing is, is like. Obviously, when you call them after a big play, because I know there was a couple, we would have a like a decent sized play and it get called back. But it's like when they show the replay and it's like, I mean, we're literally tackling people on offense. Yeah. We can't. We can't. I, I, like I kind of. I mean, that's where I agree with you. You can't really blame the refs. It's, and you can't tackle on like, offense again. And yeah, yeah, there were some holding calls and there were some calls overall that it's like, dude, like that's just football. Mm. And that's that's every game. Like you can't. Like nobody can yeah. pin it on the refs. I did notice Duke was struggling. You know in the first quarter for a bit and that's the thing like I witnessed Duke struggle for like the first like the first drive and you know NC State scoring and everything I'm like it's gonna be a good night like I said chocolate milk in hand I'm chugging that thing you know my girlfriend's next to me 
she just transferred in. Um, she's not a big football fan, so she's asking me, and I don't mind, you know, like you know, I don't mind asking, uh, answering, like, well, well, like, why are they going ten yards? Why can't they go? Like, they can go more, you know, like it's all right. I like, like, a lot of guys get annoyed. I enjoy it. Like, I love to explain what I'm passionate about, right? So, I'm explaining, and she's like, NC State kind of sucks, huh? <laughs> and. <laughs> The worst part she's is like damn right. Yeah, <laughs> the worst part is that I like on any other occasion I'd be like, no, like they're just starting. Yeah. No, I, mean, I was like, yeah, yeah like, you know, like it was the worst sigh of like, yeah. Takes us running an in-depth podcast to figure out that we suck and took your girlfriend <laughs> the entire twenty-five seconds. And you know what, Kuda, like you know, shout out to her. Uh, she was understanding my explanations of football, which I feel like. A lot like in Mary and many like stereotypical conversations of boyfriend football girlfriend doesn't understand like it that doesn't compute you know I've had a lot of conversations um, she was understanding so super grateful for that um, but um, it's very difficult to explain football when football's not being played correctly um, first of all MJ Morris was still um, not not like oh like oh, like he was like he was playing like the best as the best like NC State quarterback. Like he did great given the circumstances of having a crappy offensive line, having wide receivers who can't receive and like Concepcion who is still listed as a wide receiver basically like was he not a running back on uh on Saturday? Like he No, did... they used him like one because yeah, it was like a I, great a great value you know, Debo Samuel. <laughs> it just was not I like your uh, analysis of it, but it's, you know, almost like it's exactly what I said. With, no, with <laughs> with our whole. You weren't there, but right. with the whole reason beforehand, and I wouldn't necessarily say he did all that he could because right. there were a good amount of overthrows or yeah. just misses. Um, and then when he did hit a target, they dropped the ball. So yeah. obviously it's not all his fault, but I'm. It's yeah. this. It's literally the same exact stuff that was happening beforehand, which is why I yeah. said there's not going to be anything changing. And like my thing, my thing, like with the whole like Brennan Armstrong thing, is like MJ Morris is not the answer. He is an answer. So yeah, you know, great change. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have like wide receivers that are constantly dropping, yes, he did overthrow. You know, certain throws. Um. Concepcion, great playmaker. He was literally doing like everything that he could because I just, I just saw whenever like the, like it was mostly like in the second quarter there was some times where he it snapped the ball. He's running. Oh hey, um the lane got clogged. He just went a different direction. Got a couple yards. Um, overall, I feel like no no football player in NC State is exempt except for I guess Morris Concepcion. And of course, Peyton. Wrong. Yeah. Why is that? Wrong. <laughs> Why is I that? Would... Here, I'll 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 bridge you. Let Let's yeah, start yeah, off yeah. with the good because I like how you're going to good. Let's right, start yeah. with the good. Um, Casey is very good. I love him. Uh, we loved him from the beginning. Honestly, he was someone that we identified as being super super valuable freshman. The good thing was that he was consistent. He had another good game because mm-hmm. he's had good and bad, but he had yeah. another good game. So that's good. Uh, the O-line was not as bad as it seems, especially compared to where they were beforehand and with Armstrong. How about the jiggling? Uh, it was not. There were, 
Only thing was the penalties, but the penalties did not kill all of the throws or drives. Like, we didn't have yeah. two or three touchdowns, and they got called back because of holding. Yeah. No, if yeah. that was the case, it would have been like, O-line, are you kidding me? But a lot of times, sometimes you hold to where your quarterback's not going to get hit, yeah. you know? And if a play happens, then that's the reason the play happened is because the quarterback had time. In these cases, a high majority of them were like, great, we did nothing and yeah. it's a holding. Okay. So we just have to go back yeah. instead of there, you know? Um, but they were top thirty. They were in the top 35% in pass blocking efficiency. And it's not like they got all these crazy sacks or pressures. So it wasn't a situation where I look and I'm like, oh, my God, like, he had no time to do this. Right. We didn't have any drives to do this. We had a ton of punts, just a ton. And like you said, we didn't have a crap load of turnovers, and we only scored three points. How do you do that? You punt all the time, and that means you're not getting enough consistent yardage. Even if we beat them in the yards department, we didn't do it the whole field. We got halfway and then gave up, halfway and then gave up. Um, the defense, as you said, Wilson, yeah. only other bright spot, he's him. Uh, clearly he's boosting his draft stock. I think he – I follow the draft a ton. Um, he's probably right now like a late day two pick, early day three, which is probably rounds three through five, which can get even higher. Well, Only thing is he's a senior. Yeah. Um, so he's older and he had injury history last year. But if he has a full healthy season playing like mm -hmm. this, I think he'll be someone that could get higher up in the draft Super boards. Super valuable. That's yeah. The, I think that's the biggest knock on Peyton Wilson. If you look at any of his like scouting reports, it's his in, like his injury history. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing What's, like like, like yeah. very very little of actual the the backgrounds of on Peyton Wilson is very little about what his actual playing ability is. It's just if he can stay healthy. Yeah, much much better. Um, also, the coverage was better this game than they have ever been, um, which I would have assumed they would be, especially going up against this type of quarterback, uh, Shaheen Battle. He still had issues with penalties, but was not getting burnt along yeah. with the penalties because that's what it was happening last time. He was getting absolutely destroyed, plus having penalties. He made this a few time, plays. yeah, th this time he still had penalties, but he was getting picks and stuff and had deflections, so that was good. Um, and then, like you guys brought up, the field goal—that's a positive, I guess. Cool. Our only <laughs> only points. Yeah, like, yes. nice. I guess. I guess you know maybe he'll be more consistent. I don't yeah. know, but. That's about it. All the other bad stuff. Um, penalties, obviously we brought up 87 free penalty yards. That was tied fifth for week seven amongst FBS teams. Offense, as I said, as expected, is nothing different. Ran a total of 70 plays to their 42, and we only had four more yards. <laughs> uh, they had almost double our yards per play. The defense yeah. wasn't even really that bad. Offense gave Duke a literal free touchdown with the interception that was had on the last minute of the half. It gave them the ball at the eight-yard line. They're probably going to score a touchdown at the eight-yard line even if they have a backup quarterback, so that's a free touchdown right there. Yeah. The running game, honestly, it's if you look at the box score, like Griffin, you'd probably assume that it was a huge issue. They gave up. It was fine. It's just they gave up one big run that was pretty much the dagger. And in a game like this, it was the huge separating point. Um, it was just a play. It was like a trick counter. They ran. All the guys blocked to the right, running back, went right, switched left, and no one was there because we all followed the blockers, and he was wide open, was able to run it in for an 83-yard touchdown. Without that 83-yard rush, which would have been fine with just a linebacker staying in the middle if we had a coverage, uh, he would have had just 40 yards. So, I mean... 
one big running play, I can't knock them for that, even if it looks like it was the big deal of why we lost. Um, like I said, combination of MJ yeah. missing throws, and then when he did hit them relatively, you know, solid throws, guys not named KC were dropping <laughs> passes. Um, and like I said, it's going to be hard when Michael Penix isn't wide open for yep. two touchdowns because that Trent. wasn't happening against well, other people. Trent game. Penix. Or Trent Penix, yeah. Yep. I'm thinking of the Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner probably right now uh, for Wish we had him. Washington. But um, also, uh, I do agree with you, um, Isaac, on the play calling. Uh, we didn't run the ball early when we had the chance to. We led, obviously, with the field goal, and they – you had brought up they didn't do good in the first half, so it's not like we were in a hole in the beginning to where you need to throw. But we started off with the lead, and we were at most down by four points, but they continued to throw the ball and not really run it, so I think that was a very poor game plan to start. Michael Allen had 4.2 yards per carry. It's not like he was getting stuffed on first and second down. He was getting yards. We just didn't run it enough, and we threw it way too much. And MJ ran way too much. He ran 14 times. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to win if that happens. Guess what? Because he's not Armstrong. You need to play to his strengths, and his strengths is going play action, running on first and second, or getting the sweeps with KC around, because that's pretty much what we were doing. And then lanes are going to open up for him to throw the ball down the field, because he seemed to be a little bit better in throwing. But as an overall player, I didn't think it was a big deal, to, or I thought it was a dumb idea to switch, because... A lot of your offense was running the ball with Armstrong, and he had, you know, MJ had 2.7 yards per carry. You're not yeah. winning if he's running 14 times. It's you know, yeah. it's it's not a good recipe. Like for granted, success. he did get like 14 yards on one of the scrambles, and you could tell like it, it. I don't think that was even the play that was designed, but like 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 you said, just like play to his strengths. Yeah, like, don't force Which, him to run. I mean, I hope if you run that many times, you get at least some sort of first down run if if every single person's back in coverage um but yeah i mean the biggest thing was penalties poor offensive play and game plan if you're not doing anything on offense and obviously helping duke by giving them free points the big run's going to be a huge difference um you know if i told you duke's quarterback would complete four passes they didn't have over 200 rushing yards nor did they create more than one turnover and we lost by 21 points, it seems unfathomable. Uh, this is the first game we've had since 2014 without a touchdown. And at this point, with the future schedule, I see six wins being optimistic at this point, um, which would right now, at least at this point in the season, um, I only see like two possible wins in the next games that we have. I know we play good teams at home, but... After Louisville and almost losing to Marshall at home, I don't. I don't think it matters if we're at home or on the road. Uh, I think you could be optimistic for Virginia Tech or Wake Forest, but Miami's unranked. Don't care. They would beat us. Yeah, Clemson so going to going to Clemson. No, no, yeah. no, I don't trust us. Carolina, I don't trust us. I, this Duke game, as I said, going to be almost impossible. You had to play perfect to win. I don't see how we're going to play perfect in general, even if. Like the issues we had could be fixed. Like the O line wasn't playing as bad. There's just too many problems, and um, I think a lot of them shined in this Duke game. Yeah, I definitely agree with almost everything you said. I think how uh, Griffin said, I just looked at the box score. I feel like this game was just extremely infuriating. If you look at the box score, there's no way that you would think that the score was the way that it was. I mean, 
having a backup QB come in and throw, you know, four for 12, a little over 100 yards, had two TDs, but still you'd say, okay, it doesn't seem like an extremely productive offense. It was really just the two chunk plays. I mean, you're going to look at, <clears throat> you're going to see the, well, the 83-yard touchdown, the 69-yard touchdown, and then apart from that, when they when we had the uh, interception, MJ Moore's interception in our own territory, I mean, it's going to set up an eight-yard, I mean, it was a one-play, one eight-yard possession. I mean, we can't stop that. It doesn't matter what defense we have. I'm not, you're not going to ask your defense or expect them to have that kind of goal line stop. Um, I mean, there, there really just wasn't much there. I mean, like you said, <clears throat> I turned it on. I saw that we had the field goal. And from there, it was really just downhill. But the thing is, is that the defensive performance outside of the chunk plays that they allowed wasn't that bad. Like, yeah. the, I mean, the they had a the, the first touchdown came. It was in this uh, first quarter with six minutes left. And then the touchdown, um, the eight-yard pass was at, like, the beginning of the second quarter. Third quarter was eight minutes left. And then after that, the game kind of just ended. Like, they got the chunk yeah. plays, and our offense was stalling. So from that point, we like, since the offense wasn't doing anything, nothing happened. Like, I mean, the, 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 defense, the defense did its job for the most part, apart from a couple of chunk plays. But the thing is, I'm still not going to sit here, and I'm not going to absolutely flip out over 24 points allowed. It could be worse. And if it's 24 points allowed off of mind-numbingly dumb uh, massive play, like an 83-yard run when, we're, when we need to stop, you know, that's obviously not ideal, but we still only had 24 points allowed. So um, I disagree a little bit when I, uh, with Isaac when he said that MJ Morris is kind of immune to the immune to the uh, criticism a little bit. And, but I do agree with what you said about Casey Concepcion just because, like when we said, podcast favorite. Um, he still had 63 yards and six receptions. Um, we did use him a lot in the backfield a little bit. But I think when, we, when we're – not having any sort of production from anybody else on the offense, and then we throw him in the backfield, it's going to be pretty predictable. That's who's getting the football. Um, and he's good, extremely good, but it, we don't have the personnel around him to set up any fakes or any any sort of decoy. We know Casey's going to get the ball. No, no, we have yeah. personnel to set up fakes. It's pretty easy. You yeah. just put him in motion and don't give him the ball every single time. Yeah. If you put him in motion and you give him the ball every single time, they're going to know what you're going to do. So what they need to do is Robert Anai needs to – set screens up, and have them go in motion pre-snap and just not give him the ball so that instead of when he the, does yeah. it, <laughs> yeah, that's you true. don't know when instead it's of, coming. Instead of giving him the ball every single time. It's pretty he's in easy. That, yeah, so I, I, I just, I don't even, that was just difficult. Yeah. I mean, the and like you said, there was there was some holding. There was a, there was a good amount of um, pressure in the pocket, but it's better. I wouldn't I wouldn't chalk up all of MJ's overthrows to the fact that it was a bad offensive late. definitely got better. Um, 24 for 40 with 193 yards and an interception. Um, it was tough because the times, I mean, when the offensive line was blocking, he had opportunities to create plays. There was overthrows. Um, it's, it's rough. The, I don't, I don't know. Is he, is he hurt? Because I know after the, after the Marshall game, he had the, um, he had, there was, or during the Marshall game, he was holding his ribs. Then there was a couple times he got hit during this game. He got up and he looked like he was kind of holding his abdomen rib section again, so if if that's something that it has to do with maybe, but it was there was a lot left to be desired. Um, like you said, Stone, it was when times where it was either it was either an overthrow or it was going to be uh, if he did hit the throw, then they dropped it. So I mean, there, you, you can't win like that if when there's opportunities and especially if the if the defense is going to allow plays like that, those big ones you need to you need to match it with something. And if you're going to have an overthrow or a drop pass, there's really nothing else we can do. Um, it's hard to win like that. Um, once again, 
no brainer. Peyton Wilson was probably the main oh, right. Yeah. Sp- yeah, I mean for defense or or offense, yeah. he's the best player on the field. Um, eleven tackles, uh, 0.5 sacks, two tackles for loss. There's really, I mean, there's nothing else that you can ask of him. I mean, he's playing sideline to sideline every single snap. Mm-hmm. And like how you mentioned before, Stone, he is just driving up the draft stock. I mean, right. any any possible concern that NFL scouts on him before playing into his size, his um, overall field presence, that's gone out the window. Um, also, the fact that he's been staying healthy, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, because that's a lot of times something that's just unlucky. But he's obviously been healthy and playing almost uh, almost every snap or every snap on defense. Yeah. Uh, for majority of the season, so uh, nothing really else there. Um, I mean, kind of unfortunately, it's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Griffin, was there anything else you wanted to add? I was just gonna, just as a two final points for that thing. Um, if MJ is apparently injured, uh, I don't think an injured MJ Morris is better than a healthy Brendan <laughs> Armstrong because they're yeah. all practically the same. If not, there's slightly difference if and it's not really noticeable so if he actually is injured and they're forcing him out there I think that's worse for the team and if you're going to hang your hat on defense uh and still end up and they like it was said they played good even just looking at the numbers and advanced stats or even watching the game aside from two plays uh and then you lose 24 to 3 I don't (laughs) I don't see how that really is going to benefit your team uh it's it's becoming a slightly offensive league in my opinion one of the best teams, if not the best, right there with Michigan uh, in college football is Washington. And Washington has the most electric offense in the country, and they have a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback and two NFL wide receivers. And they are dominating, and they're winning games. And if our defense may be very good, it's clearly not good enough. No, on top of that, uh, I just wanted to add, like, <clears throat> it, I guess, you know, the common question is, like, where does NC State go through, go from here? Um in terms of, like, of course, duh, talent, because, you know, we can't, you know, if I mention wide receivers one more time, like, I'm going to explode. But other than that, um, I'm not sure, like, who else was, like, watching it on TV, but after the first, it was the first pick, I remember, um, the cameras got a shot of, um, of MJ Morris on, like, you know, on the phone, and I kid you not, it looked like he was, like, tearing up. Like, I kid you, and here's the thing, I get it, you know, we're all the same age, um, and I'm not a person who's like, oh, you know, Big Boy shouldn't cry, you know, like <laughs> it's nothing like that, you know. If anything, um, it like shows how passionate he is, not just for NC State but for winning. But at the same time, it's like, man, like a player can take just like can, can only take like so much frustration, and it's like it's it is Duke, and it's his second game starting this season. Um, I mean, and. I wrote it down. I remember, I'm telling you, like, nobody's talking about it on Twitter. I'm not sure if anybody else caught it, but, like, literally there was a twinkle in his eye. And I don't say that, like, oh, my gosh, his eyes were twinkling. No, dude, like, he was frustrated. Um, and not not just it being Morris, but, like, overall, like, how does this loss just affect the morale going forward? Well, I mean, we could use this as a final note. Um, you know, <laughs> In this situation, uh, if they win six games, maybe they win seven, and I'm being too harsh, um, <laughs> but I think it's practically six or Just seven. Just Chapel Hill. Um, That's all I want. I, th- that would be the second worst season State has had in the Dave Dorn era, uh, which was in 2019, where they won four games, had three different quarterbacks play, and lost 13 key players from the previous two seasons. So if this is the case... 
Um, we didn't. We lost a few guys, but not as much as before. Um, don't. I'm not necessarily saying that it would be a clear time to look at other places, but um, this is probably going to go another year without winning a bowl game. We brought up earlier how we haven't won in a long time, and I don't know if you have this sustained success and guys leave, you expect a drop off, but we didn't have that success previously. And now there's a drop off. So I'm not sure where it's going. Uh, I guess if you want to say, Hey, next year they'll have Dorn, a new OC and MJ and Casey will still be there. Sure. But it's the same stuff that's going on now. And in terms of the future, Isaac, you know, it might be a little murky with, um, who would be there. Like in, if you told me in the next two, three years he was gone, Dave Dorn being, I honestly would not be surprised. Well, thank you guys for sharing and enlightening me. Um, if you can tell there's a real optimistic vibe in this room about yeah, football. Yeah, yay, football. There's, there's a massive smile on my face right now. Like we said, yeah. two players we love, and hopefully they do good. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's probably a good stopping point for today. Um so again, thank you for coming on, Isaac, and thank you for sharing. And yeah, this has been Lighter Red. Music in this podcast was Jonas Hipper's King of Sports and Vibe and Sneaky, licensed under Creative Commons from the Free Music Archive. <laughs>